That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Well, today we're going to combine a few critical topics all into one podcast. We're going to talk training and charity and cancer and stepping out of one's comfort zones. The Fight for Akira has been one of Ottawa's premier fundraising events uh, here in the region for a number of years. Uh, and they went from raising on that first year like $500 to what we're expecting to see about $220,000 coming in for this year's event, which is happening on October 13th at the Hilton Lac Lemi. Not to date this podcast, but for those that are listening and are thinking, oh my God, I totally want to take this event in. So this is the topic and we are going to get to the fact that this is the first time that they are actually opening this up and we'll have some female fighters uh, in the rings, that's some female boxers in the rings as well. So this brings us to episode 34 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. This podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing and for more information you can always head to extensionmarketing.com. So joining us today here in studio, it's the first time we've had two guests, double the guests, so hopefully it's going to be a nice smooth transition, probably because a Daphne Ballard, who is one of the fighters, is like scared shitless right now going, (laughs) how on earth did I end up doing a podcast? And then we have uh, Scott Whitaker also joining us, who is the co-founder and the director. Great to have you guys here. Thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. So Daphne, I'm just going to like... A year ago, would you have ever anticipated that, A, you would be taking on uh, a boxing match and also having to do a podcast? No, absolutely yeah. not. Both <laughs> things are terrifying. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to get you out of the comfort zone, which is something you've already started to do, just being a part of this big event. And and then, Scott, like congratulations. To, to see the growth of this event, it is remarkable. Thanks. Well, it's, it's people like Daphne and Lisa who have taken on this event that makes it grow so fast. We've kind of turned a new page in the last couple years for Fight for the Cure, just with the white-collar participants and the community we've built around it. Mm -hmm. it, That's what's grown it, is the white-collar competitors. Okay, so let's go through this. Like, what was the concept of Fight for the Cure? And then, you know, with the original concept that you had, uh, and then seeing it kind of have this domino effect to growing to the the size that that it is. Right, so we started it as a way to, our grandfather was battling prostate cancer, and we had just opened a boxing gym 10 years ago. My brother and I and two other founders Eric Belanger and Rob Imbo. And we wanted to put on an amateur boxing show that would raise money for a good cause. So we partnered with the Otto Regional Cancer Foundation because he was using their services at the time. And as a fun idea, we pitched Walter Robinson, who was the chair of the Otto Regional Cancer Foundation at the time, and Terry Marcotte, who was CTV sportscaster. And they said, yeah, we'll box each other to raise money for cancer. And that was kind of the initial white collar bout that we had. It's, it's pretty neat. You had two good names to come in right off the bat, right? We you're, started strong. Yeah, you're getting your boxing club, which is new, and you're trying to get people the awareness. So you you kind of had, you, you lucked in with, the, it was a good concept. Right, and we made a ton of mistakes the first year, <laughs> and we didn't raise any money, really. We raised $500, which wasn't the goal at all. Um, but it kind of started, mm, people really were into Walter and Terry's bout. Maybe if we do a few more of these white-collar bouts, we'll grow the event. And that's where it started, this white-collar boxing uh, extravaganza that we put on every year now it's really started with Walter and Terry okay it's it changes when you get the prime minister well wasn't prime minister at the time but Justin Trudeau has even taken part in this right so that was a huge year for us we actually we, we were on the newspapers in Japan and Germany and we we're getting phone calls from everywhere people wanting to know what was going on with this event 
Um, and that kind of shot us off into a new stratosphere, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, we actually took a year off after that just to kind of, how do we top it? And then 2014, we hit the ground running again. Okay, so this was originally, was it an opportunity for your amateur boxers to be able to you know, feel what it was like to get into a ring and to box with the crowd and, you know, um, like, has that been lost in any of this or really it became this charity big kind of movement with this fundraising? Yeah, it was never really, amateur boxers will just fight. That's what they like to do. They're doing it for fun. Um, it, it was when we could, you know, really, really raise a lot of money with through the white collar guys and ladies now. And uh, that's where that's where we were like, okay, this is the direction this event needs to go. It's all well and good to do an amateur boxing match and raise a few hundred bucks, but when you can raise, you know, a few hundred thousand for this cause, that's where we were like, this is the direction we have to take this. And it, it, it's great because we, we change lives within the community for cancer care, but the people who participate, I'm sure Daphne will, will agree with this, something changes in them as well, which is really a, a, a proud point for me. Because you've had, so how many years are we going now? How many of these white collar fights have you had? We have 28 alumni right now. 28. 28. How much of a transformation have you seen with these white collar boxers coming in from all different backgrounds, right. all different fitness levels, mm -hmm. to be able to walk out of that night having just been in a boxing match? Right. So it's insane. They come in, first of all, they get in tremendous shape. They, a lot of them say they get into the best shape of their life doing this. But so one of the guys I trained personally really well, and, and still very close with, Warren Wilkinson, he commented how... You know, it, it helped him with public speaking. He hated public speaking before. He did fight for the cure, fought in front of a thousand people. Mm, public speaking's not all that hard anymore. And it's just little things like that that change in them. Mm -hmm. It's a proud point for them as well. Like they have rings that alumni rings. We have a belt now. It's it's amazing. It really changes everyone involved. They it, it affects big time. Uh, I watched as Stefan Keys. Stefan sat across from me. Uh, our desks were facing each other as yeah. he was going through this transformation, and I could I could honestly see this person morphing, changing daily uh, from the experience. Mm -hmm. It was amazing to see the transformation. Right, and win or lose, I've never heard anyone say they regret doing it ever. Mm -hmm. I fought in two thousand fourteen. I lost. I don't regret it one bit. I wouldn't change it at all. It was it was great. Now you have changed it because you've added the female component to it. So Huge. what was the what was the idea behind it? Well, th there was never really an idea behind it. We knew this was something that had to happen. We weren't resistant to it at all. It's just it's 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 easier to find say six guys who are, you know, 40 years old, 200 pounds willing to do this. That's that's easy. But to find two ladies in their 40s who are juggling careers and kids and family it's just a little harder to find, and we finally found it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Linda Ian, I got the email on the call going. So Leanne, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> I mean, I was very familiar with the event, and she's yeah. like, would you consider we know that you, that you box? And I was like, there's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> there's not even a chance that I would, would, would do this. And even though I love to box, mm -hmm. and I love to – I was using boxing – as a training, like I, I would fit the boxing in as my workout. Right. I'm like, I love punching and doing everything that it involves. I go, but there's not one part of me that wants to see the the punch coming my way. And to be hit, I was like, I just couldn't fathom it. And I was really impressed when I did hear that there were women that had stepped up. So the first one was Lisa Langevin. So she was kind of on board. She is a very successful lawyer and we wish we could have her here with us. It's just mediations and life, you know, right. it, just, it just couldn't happen. You were able to get 
the, the go-ahead right off the bat that there was somebody on board? I actually wasn't even really given the choice. When I first <laughs> met Lisa, she came up to me and she said, Hi, I'm Lisa. I was at Fight for the Cure. Loved the show. And I was like, great. I really appreciate that. And she's like, oh, and I'm going to fight next year. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, I'll find my own opponent. Um, I, I, I'm going to do this next year. And she set me up with Daphne. We met. And how could I say no? Right. And they've been the ideal candidates for our first female bout. It's been a, a tremendous experience for me. All right. I'm going to come back to you come then on this me. one. Yeah. I'm going to go over to Daphne now <laughs> as she is sitting there. So Lisa and you have a friendship that goes back 20 years. Yes. Is that about right? Yes. 20 years. 1998, we met playing ghillie football. Okay. So you were together as athletes on the same team, yes. playing yes, together. for years, for 20 years. We've traveled to Ireland together a few times. We've gone all over the place playing, and we've always been super close. Okay, so when Lisa comes to you and says, Oh, Daphne, <laughs> I have this great idea. We're going to take this friendship, and we are going to box in this fundraising, you know, event. Well, I didn't really think she was serious at first. Okay, but let's, let's be realistic. Like, when yeah. she, we were actually at a tournament, and she said she was going, and she, and then she mentioned actually doing it. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like, A, when do you have time to box two, two or three times a week? And then she's like, oh, yeah, we should do it. And I'm like, yeah, punching in the face is just not something that I want to do. And then, you know, she talked about it a bit more. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do it. Why not? Okay, why not? Have you thought about the fact that you have this 20-year friendship and all of it could come pummeling down as you're both, you know, trying to hit the crap out of each other? Mm, it won't. It won't. <laughs> we know what we're getting into now. And now, at the beginning, I thought maybe there's no way I'd actually be able to hit her. And it was a bit of a concern. But after spending months in the ring trying to punch Scott and all the other guys, I think I could punch anybody. And Lisa knows we're it's, we're going to throw it on the table and see what happens. Because Lisa's been going through this exact same experience. Exactly. She's been doing the same thing, kind oh, of yeah. going, okay, yeah. I, it's going to be fine. I'm going to be able to hit Daphne. Both of you have incredibly busy lives. And so I think this is where I come into you. And you were like, how on earth are we going to find women in their 40s with careers and children? So you have a very athletic background that you've been able to kind of keep up even with a young family. You run, you've done half marathons, you've done marathons. Take us through, like... You've got this, you've got an impressive athletic background. It started early for you, young age? Yeah, since, yeah, since I was young, I was always into running and any sport I could kind of get my hands onto. And it's always been ever since, and even having kids, I thought, you know, I'll have kids, I have to work. If I have spare time, I'm going to play sport, any sport I can play. So that's always been kind of my mindset, and it's what I love to do in my spare time. So you have the kids. How old are your children? They're six and eight. Six and eight. Are they aware of what mom is going through right now? They are. They come with me almost every week to boxing. They love it. They come and they watch and they they take videos. Most of my videos on social media are from my children. And they cheer me on and they just think it's great. They love it. They get upset if they can't go. Really? It's <laughs> yeah, like, they yes. love it. So that's big time been one of the new mom things. We've So with our first female competitors, for nine years we've never had kids in the gym. And now every week we do. And it's, it's, it's good. It's fun. It makes things a little bit different. It's just not, it's not the, the boys' club it was before, but mm -hmm. I think it's in the best way possible. It's not the boys' club it was before. We have these mom <laughs> moments that happen all the time, and it's, it's way different, but it's better. It's still the boys' club. No, We're not just as invading much. it a little bit. <laughs> but that's okay. You're making it your own a little yeah, bit. Yeah, which yeah. I do. <laughs> so your, your children are on board. They come, they watch you train. 
you know, have they been able to see you in the years? Because you said you played Gaelic football, you've, you know, run these marathons, you've always dedicated your time because a lot of women or, or people out there going, I, I don't know how to fit this in, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're in that rut of, I go to work, I've got the kids, the kids have carpools and activities, I don't have time for me. How important was it for you as you were kind of getting into the workforce and motherhood to keep that up? Well, it was super important for me to stay healthy and just mentally. It's what, if I don't play sports, I'm not happy. And my, for me to be happy, my kids have to be happy. So I just drag them with me. They've come to football practices and soccer games and everything. They come and they play on the sidelines and they cheer and they get to know my teammates. And a lot of the other teammates have kids as well. So they've all bonded and it's great. And it just shows them that you can be active. And just because you're a mother, you don't have to stop doing what you love. You have to tone it down a bit. I can't play sports five days a week, but there's no reason why I can't go play soccer once a week. And my kids just come and enjoy it as well. We're taking our kids to all of these events. We're taking our kids to swimming lessons and to soccer practice and to the soccer games or to the rink. Uh, it's nice that they see this. And so would you say amongst your team and your teammates that there are many of you who are juggle- who are doing this, juggling the work and the kids and still finding that time? Definitely. Uh, for sure, my Gaelic football team, there's a lot of moms that bring their kids. And they, yeah, we all juggle it. It's just, it's fun. It's Have you ever seen or do you have any... Uh, teammates that have done this later in life that they weren't this athletic kid through high school and university but that they've chosen to take something on a little later in life um yes definitely in Gaelic football there's different people that come out because it's a newer well it's not a new sport but it's not super popular in Ottawa and so we kind of are are always trying to recruit so we'll get people who just like oh let's try this I'd like to try sports they come out and maybe give it a go in, in their later years and and bring their kids and there's a kids program as well so everyone kind of gets involved you play these sports you run these marathons you so we know that you're physically fit how different was it when you first started going to the training sessions to try something completely different well very different the first training I was like wow I am super unathletic I thought I was an athlete but not anymore okay, yeah, so that's really interesting like you have the endurance you, you you have the coordination of playing a game but you didn't feel like you had any of that in the ring no it's just totally fish out of water um it gradually got a bit better but even still there's days where like I just don't know what I'm doing there's no ball involved and it's so mentally challenging there's just so much thought process towards it you've no idea just watching it on tv how much you actually have to think about what you're doing and what where how you're going to defend and I just wasn't used to that I go on the soccer field and it's pretty simple I know exactly what I need to do where I need to be you know, it doesn't always work out, but I know what I need to do. Whereas boxing, sometimes you think you know what you need to do, mm. and then you're like, no, still not doing it right. So there's just always something to learn, I find. Whereas soccer, I'm kind of kind of at my peak. Where you I figured think, it out. Yeah. So how do you then, as coaches, have two athletic women come in who, you know, have played it at elite levels and have been able to, you know, reach an amazing thing to be able to do these half and these full marathons? How do you then retrain them? to this kind of a sport. So it's funny, the, the, you can count on one hand, I've been boxing for 12 years now, you can count on one hand the amount of people who have come in on their first day and have been good. It just doesn't happen in, the, in the, this sport. There's too much to learn. So when they felt unathletic and they felt like they weren't doing well, they were actually exactly where they were supposed to be, which is something that's hard to explain to somebody, like, oh, you feel like you're doing everything wrong? Well, yeah, so does everybody else. So it's, it's not a huge deal. 
It's just building their confidence over the course of eight months. So that's why we take so long to do it too. It's mm-hmm. that eight month training session. There's other charity boxing events that do like six and eight week camps for their fights. We do eight months because we want to make sure that the product that we deliver that night is aesthetically pleasing and every most most of all though, everybody's safe. Mm-hmm. So when they feel like, oh, we're not doing this right, we're not doing that right, these are details that we're hashing out because we want you to be safe. So we take a long time to train them and it's exactly why. What for you has been the most difficult? Has it been the cardio? Because cardio to run a marathon is very different than going, than, you know, like straight hitting for, for two minutes. Like what, what were the most challenging things to learn? Just still the mental aspect. I mean, physically, yeah, it's challenging. The punches are tough, and but I kind of thrive off that. I enjoy. I've always enjoyed the challenge of the, the physical part of it. It's just not knowing what I'm doing. I found still was the most challenging. So explain, like, what do you mean when you say you don't well, know what you're like doing? Well, just like where your hands are supposed to be, and then when you throw a punch, your other hand has to be in a certain spot, and your feet have to be in a certain place, and it depends which punch your opponent throws, how you react to that. And it's it's a constant change, right? Like you never there's no there's no textbook to say there's no play. Like in soccer, you'll have a set plays and it's a free kick. So you're gonna kick it here, and hopefully the forward's gonna come and get the ball in turn, pass off to someone else. There's a set play. There's no set plays in boxing. It all depends on what your opponent's gonna do. So it's just reacting to that and trying to figure out. Do you trust your instincts? Are you starting to, <laughs> like, where would you say that that's coming in? Well, I feel like now I know what I want to do when I'm in the ring. It doesn't always work out. But I feel like I have a plan in my head what I need to do. But now I kind of feel like I just do the same things all the time. I don't have a lot of variety. But that's... But Lisa doesn't know that because Lisa's probably in the same boat. Right. Right? Well, and that's it when they're, all, when they're all huffing and puffing after a round of... of and I'm saying, I know you feel really tired and really exhausted right now, but promise me, I promise you, your opponent's going to feel the exact same thing. We're all at the same level, and that's mm-hmm. how we want it. Have you been able to see that? I mean, you've seen both Daphne and Lisa training. So yeah. based on that, would you say that they're both? They both have different like, yeah. strength and different okay, weaknesses. Okay, so can you, are, but... we, are you allowed to say? I mean, this from a coach's perspective, mm-hmm. you've got a very new foreign sport that they're taking up to know yeah. that they're that they're, there's going to be ways and opportunities to find their points with each other right they both have their strengths and their weaknesses and we try to build those up um but it's even it's an even it's i wouldn't put them in there if i wasn't 100 percent confident that they're going to do a really good job so i'm 100% he's not saying confident. he doesn't is, is he Can not saying this? no no but he's not saying what her strengths are and what the other you are like you're keeping that pretty tight right now well i, I don't like to like they, yeah. they all train separately we, we yeah, try to keep you, it. You, they haven't seen each other a like, little bit right? well, a little, Lisa little and bit. i do we share videos yeah, we talk cheat. all the time we're yeah. like we're the exception to the rule i think because we like she'll call me after and say oh i suck at this it's so hard and we'll kind of you know yeah. vent about it yeah whereas i'm sure the men don't do that no the i'm men, sure the, the opponents are, are calling each other competitive yeah no one's calling each other <laughs> have you ever had best friends go up against each other never no like all the other all the other compet- male competitors they don't even know each other no, Before like this. The, right. There's no relationship. There's, There's no relationship. nothing. It's it's all business. It's a unique situation we have going on with them. In, aren't the you whole Aren't you worried? I would be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like I'm not worried. No. It, no, but I, like they hit each other. Like it's my best friend. I'd be like, oh my god, are you okay? Are you okay? I think they I'm said so it like that a little bit. But with, with when you think of a fight, it's usually something personal, right? Like when 
a fight on the streets personal yeah. or when you argue with somebody it's personal what, what when we start boxing you have to put all that aside and make it a sport so it's not personal that they're punching each other in the face it's a sport and on an even nicer platform it's to raise money for a great cause so i think over the eight months they've seen okay this is actually a sport it's not a fight that's why when you said they're fighters, I said, oh, they're yeah, boxers. Yeah, no, they're boxers. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then to raise money for a good cause, I'm, yeah. I know they're going to go out there and, and okay. do well. So what has uh, the reaction been from your family and friends and people when you've told them what you're doing? Well, they think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But they also think it's amazing. Like, And the fact that we're going to get up there in front of a thousand people and do something that we, A, don't think we're good at. And totally out of our element. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. Scott's shaking his head. No, because yeah, they're like, good. They're, good. they're really I can good. See that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you're you're downplaying. I mean, a to have been chosen, like to have had the balls. I'm going to say to to say I'm going to do this and I'm going to train for eight months and I'm going to get in the ring. That takes so much more than 99.9 percent of the population. Right. Including me. Yeah. Like, I am all these things. I am. I go out. I work out like crazy. My kids know I'm active. I do a ton of charity work. And I still wasn't like, <laughs> getting in the ring. Like, I think you're downplaying just how much of a, of a challenge it is to step outside the comfort zone. And I think that's really it, is that it takes a certain person to be able to say it's okay to step out of the comfort zone. It is. And I don't think I really have before. I, I tend to do things I'm good at. And you know, all these interviews... And boxing, a sport. and I honestly, when I was approached, I thought I didn't think I'd be any good at it. I like sports that contain some sort of a ball. Mm-hmm. And to just stand there in a ring and try and punch someone, it wasn't appealing to me, and I really didn't think I'd be any good at it. Had you ever watched a boxing match? Just like on the Olympics a bit, or yeah. highlights in the sports news, and I thought, and honestly, I didn't even think. It was like, they just stand there and punch each other. And I didn't give it the yeah. credit it deserves, and now I see how hard it is. Okay, and, so that's it. Let's go with that. People often just think that there's two guys standing in a ring just trying to beat the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. How much of it was the of the athleticism has come into play to realize just how difficult of a sport it really is? Again, I don't know if it's so much the athleticism. It's just it's more the putting it all together and having to think so much about everything you're doing. I mean, yes, you need to be fit. It's hel- it's helpful, but I don't. That hasn't been the challenge for me. I've definitely you're, you're, tired. Like after yeah, I, but you're you're that fit. I mean, right. fitness levels. From from a coach's perspective, right. if if they weren't as athletic as they are and didn't come in in such great shape, it would have been really challenging. But it's like that with everybody. We've had to make cuts from men because they just weren't either athletic enough or weren't conditioned enough. Okay, that's what I was going to say. There have been other participants who, out of that eight months, needed a couple of months to shed weight and become or, athletic, like, or, there's like been, build up their cardio to last through this. Right, and well, there's been many, too, that we've just had to say, like, we don't think you can do this. We're not comfortable putting you in there. Sorry. How, how have those participants taken it? This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They are a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally, as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. I think a lot of them, and I'm, I'm sure Daph can attest to this, they know that, they, that they're that they not on the same level as everybody else and they can feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a, 
thanks, man. Kind of like, all <laughs> Thank right. Thank you for giving yeah. me the out that I needed yeah. so that I can, yeah. It's hap- it happens pretty often. Really? We usually, bu- we usually book one extra fight because one's probably going to fall through. Interesting. But with them, I mean, they both came in in great shape. They're both super athletic. What's Lisa's background? I mean, I know that you play the same, the like, same, she right? Like for a long time in like soccer, basketball, and like she's the same as me, basically. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm also going to point this out. You both have a deep, a good background in team sports. You're team players. You're dependent on your teammates a lot of the time in these sports. What's the attitude like to shift to an individual sport background and to understand that it's just you out there and you yourself? Uh, for the outcome of the game? Oh, it's definitely different for sure. I mean, when I was younger, I played tennis and badminton and stuff like that, but it doesn't really Have compare. you done? I think she's done every sport at this point. Every sport, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit yeah. nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it doesn't come. And running. Running is mentally challenging, yeah. but mentally in the sense that you have to keep motivating yourself to just not stop and mm-hmm. say, this sucks, I don't want to do this anymore. Whereas boxing, you're th- everything's your thoughts are all to yourself and you have to make all the decisions, split second decisions. And I guess football and soccer are the same, but you make a bad pass, your teammate's going to cover your butt kind of thing. So you definitely have that. And just the the talking mm-hmm. to each other and supporting each other was boxing. You're there with your headgear and mouth guard. And <laughs> are you no talking, talking in your head? Do you find that you're trying to talk to yourself as you're training or trying to figure it out? Like can hear yourself saying, okay, no, that- not, no, not really. No. It's just it, it just happens so fast, honestly. You're just trying to get in there and not get... You have no time to think. We fight with the... We spar with the men all the time. So the goal is to not get knocked out, really, and to just not make a fool of yourself. Have you been hit? Like, let's go through. Like, I mean, we're, we're close to the fight, right? So at this point, you've been in the ring. You've been having... You've, your training sessions are much more intense. Have you been hit? Like, have you felt be- what being hit is like? Well, Scott hits me any chance he gets. <laughs> That's not true. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Have, we, have you experienced a, a hit yet? Yeah, she has. Yes. How, did, how was that? Well, <laughs> do you want to tell her how I reacted? I don't remember. <laughs> I started laughing. Oh, yeah. Like, well, yeah, she's crazy. Like, she, she's taken some decent shots from men and women, and she just laughs about it. Which is like... Does it not hurt? No. Well, it kind of doesn't so much because we have the headgear and the gloves are so big. It's just kind of shocking. Like, it's that I guess I still am not used to the fact that someone's hitting me in the head. So, like, they hit you and you just kind of, like, first of all, what am I doing here? Why is this person punching me in the head? So, it's kind of, it's funny to me. That's one of the major mental obstacles of teaching somebody how to box is getting okay with getting hit. You're not going to avoid every single shot. Right. So you try to minimize damage by catching it off your gloves. Right. So usually the first thing they want to do is move their head around like crazy, and then eventually we teach them it's okay to catch it off the gloves, and it's just a slow progression from there. But she's been she's caught a few decent shots and like that like it's taken you a second or two to oh, a couple times yeah not that often I mean the guys don't try and hit me so hard. What about the nose? Like for me, I mean, I've broken my nose three times. I was like, I can't go through another broken nothing, nose. Nothing no, no, nose, nothing. No. Some of the is that guys have usually where nose. it would get hit. Like, um, like, yeah. I mean, it's the only part that's not really protected, right? The headgear covers all through right. here. So, but your nose is right it's out front. There. Center, yeah. But we've only had what, two or three nosebleeds in mm-hmm. the whole eight months between twelve so. people. Yeah. Okay. But we keep it safe. Like we, yeah. we're as <clears> safe as 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 possible. It's all about defense, really. Mm-hmm. You defense really have first. to defend. Defend. 
which is funny because when I play other sports, I don't like. I'm known for not wanting to play defense. All I want to do is score. And boxing, I you're just defense, defense first. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's crazy. Have you, have you purchased any makeup for under for like concealer or a little black you know black eyes or anything yeah. for the day yeah, after no, the fight? No, yeah. I well, I, I don't know. I don't think we've had we've had one black. There's eye, black eyes. Black There's eye. gotta. Be, I one. think Stefan had a little bit of a of a cut and some bruises. Uh, he had a, a lip issue that he yeah. got mad at me about because he's like, I can't show up to work with this lip so also. I was like, all right, man, I'm sorry. He was, yeah, he was on TV. Yeah. Okay, so we we go through that, you know, you like the fact that they're in there because there's a reason. And mm-hmm. so what has the impact been on the Auto Regional Cancer Foundation from this? Like, I mean, you talked about it, that this was about your dad, first and foremost. Grandpa, like, grandpa. Gra- yeah. Grandpa. Like, what was his reaction to seeing what you guys were creating? Uh, he's he, he he's really proud. He's still with us, but he's he's not too mobile anymore. But he was really proud, and we always made sure he got to fight for the cure. And he was really proud of where this event has gone. Um, every year, we bring the, the competitors by the Odd Regional Cancer Foundation just so they can see what actually goes on there. And before I took over last year, the Cancer Foundation was just a name, right? Oh, you're supporting the Odd Regional Cancer Foundation. That's all well and good, but what do they actually do there? And then when we took a visit there this year, it was really powerful stuff and I think it really motivated the fighters okay we actually are making a huge difference within the community every dime we raise stays in the Ottawa mm-hmm. community and uh, one of our competitors this year Wayne Maiko his wife beat breast cancer a few years back and she used a lot of the Cancer Foundation services so I mean he's been vouching to us too like this is really important and I know for Lisa it your your best friend and, and your competitor like it it touched home this was something that she was very passionate about. Yeah, she, she she lost her father to cancer. So everyone everyone competes for a reason. There's mm-hmm. no one here just, I want to do a boxing match. Everyone has their backstory, and we tell that story at the event, but um, it, it, we, it makes a difference. That, that's what, uh, one of the big differences we did last year was take everyone to the Cancer Foundation, let them see what happens. And it, it always motivated people. Two hundred twenty thousand dollars. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Like. We're really proud of that. I would be really proud of that, also. Yeah. You know, and has it been just because there's the the white collar aspect, but then there's the business aspect of businesses and sponsors coming mm-hmm. on board that this is this has become bigger than yeah. just the boxing. Right. Like so, Heart and Crown has always been our headline sponsor since year two, and they'll be with us as long as they want to be there. They're like the staple of the market. Mm-hmm. Everyone in Ottawa knows the Heart and Crowns. We're so honored to have them as our headline sponsor. But this year we had six more companies come in for sponsorships, which um, I wish I could say I was out there grinding to mm-hmm. find them, but people were hopping at this event, which is always a great sign. Like most charities would be incredibly jealous for you to say, like we didn't have to get out and solicit and go door to door asking for uh, funds. It was like people just wanted to be associated with this. Right, and I think the more exposure we get for the event, the more people are going to want to be a, be a part of it. How often after the event will you get people calling the next Monday going, I want to kind of, I so, want to come in and I want to take a class? So I already have people emailing me almost daily. Um, probably probably six, six a week, six, seven a week. And then uh, that, that night is everybody wants to compete. And I say, sleep it off Sunday, <laughs> talk to me on Monday. And then it, the process starts again just getting people in the gym, meeting them, seeing if they're athletic, seeing if they're in shape, seeing if they're serious about it, trying to find people who will go through with it. So how many fights do you have? 
This year we have seven, okay. six white collar, and then we have a, a feature main event, which is the former Canadian 132 pound champion against the current Canadian 132 pound champion. Okay. Yeah. So 14, comp- so 14. Yeah, 14 competitors. Two of which are Lisa and Daphne. Two of which are Lisa and Daphne. Okay. So we're getting there. And then when you say that on Saturday night, everyone's coming up to you saying, I wanted to do this next year. And then yeah. you say, sleep it off on Sunday and talk to me on Monday. Yeah. What do people anticipate? Like, do people have the right mindset when they come into a boxing studio or a boxing club as to what they're really going to be doing? Um, I think, well, I think one good thing about people at the event wanting to do it is they know that like, it's serious. Like they're going to be in front of a thousand people. So the people who usually get recruited from the event no, they're serious mm-hmm. about it. It's the people who hear about it through a friend or they don't know the, how, how, the scale of the event. Um, so that's different. But walk, boxing gyms are intimidating. Even when I'm out of town and I want to go train at a boxing gym, it's always weird going to a, a new okay, boxing so gym. Okay, so you have your own boxing gym. And yet yeah, you'll well, we feel train, intimidated. We, we train at a one called Final Round Boxing. Okay. Yeah. But you can go into another boxing gym and feel intimidated. Uh, depends like, where what, I why, am, What yeah. is it? Is it the mindset? Is it like what gives it that feel well people are always very um attached to their own boxing gym i'm sure when you go to like a random just gym people are kind of giving you a look like who's that it's at a boxing gym it's just it's the same yeah and there's a lot of egos and a lot of of where where are the egos coming from like if you're she'll attest as soon as she's done her fight she'll be proud to be a boxer and proud to be a fighter they're proud proud guys we work really hard to get in there, mm-hmm. and then we, we box. We have the nerve to do it. We're proud. Okay, how many people are like me yeah. who like the physical outlet of boxing, mm-hmm. but just want that? Have no desire to step into a ring and be hit. There, well, without people like you, there would be no boxing gyms. Okay. So yeah, uh, it, it'd be like ninety-nine percent, like one out of a hundred might compete one day. One out of a hundred want to step in the ring and actually compete. Fight. Yeah, it's rare, but I get it. It's it's. So it's for that hard. many people that just like the physical outlet of it, and what do you hear from people? Like for me, I honestly could feel frustration. Like I could visualize like the anger or different things that were coming out. Yeah. Like, do you find that a lot of that is there's an other release to the like, punching and to the cardio, like the just the nonstop aspect? Like boxing itself. Yeah. Yeah, you're a you're a like when a, you're just going against a dummy. Right? Yeah, you're. But once you're done a hard boxing workout, you're a puppy and you're happy and you have those yes. endorphins flowing. Yeah. And you feel like a million bucks. That's the most addicting part of it. Like after our hard training sessions, it's just all laughs and smiles. After, it's not laughs and smiles during, but yeah. afterwards, where you're like, all right, we're done. It's like, and then you get that that rush. Do you feel that? Yeah, for sure. You feel great after. I can't sleep when I get home. Yeah. I'm wired for hours. Okay, how have you fit in the training then? If you're saying you, you can't sleep, so you're you're going at night. Like when, yes. yeah. So between 7 and, well, the first shift is 7.15 and the second one is 8.15. So by the time we're finished and get out of there, it's 10.30 by the time we get home. Okay, I'm sorry. Did you say you have two shifts? A 7.15, 8.15? Yeah, like the red team has yeah. a shift and then the blue team has a shift. We okay. alternate. Yeah, we train okay. as, as teams. Okay. So the people who are fighting out of the blue corner and the red corner, yes. one's at 7.30, one's at 8.30. And, and then, then you rotate. alternate, Yeah, right. we rotate every week. Okay. And they're an hour. Yes. Yeah. They're an hour. So you're training an hour. Yes. A day. Or how many days a week are you? Monday, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. So twice a week. So then twice a week you're you're boxing. What are you doing? You know, I, I take it with you. You need more than t- two times a week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I run. So, I probably yeah. run. Well, now I'm running probably three, four times a week at the most. Has your running changed because of the boxing? 
Um, I kind of toned it down a bit because mm-hmm. I felt like it was, I was actually a bit sore from boxing, just the gym floors. So I kind of had decided to tone down and just, I just run just to, you know, kind of maintain. And what about intervals? Because you're kind of going hard, like it's two minutes, two minute rounds. So they'll be doing a minute and a half rounds. A minute and a half. So 90 yeah. seconds. Intervals wouldn't be, you can't compare. The only way to get in boxing shape is to box, to punch right. a bag or punch somebody. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. Run. You can run all you want. It's good to be in shape. Mm-hmm. To, to go box but you need to box to be in boxing shape like what about your hands and your knuckles like have you had soreness like I'm just picturing you know right out of like a movie when they kind of come in and they sit themselves in an ice bucket and an ice bath and then put have like are, have you, are you sore? no just my my right hand gets sore sometimes when we do punches but yeah. I know I don't tell Scott yeah you don't, even tell, you don't even tell coach, no. No, no that's good, They just though. suck it up. Yeah, yeah, because it's part of it. Like you're gonna, your hands it's are going to get hurt. sore. They're doing it's something gonna, they've, never yeah. done, they've never done before. Do you get wrapped up? Yes. Yeah. Have you been, ha, do you do that on your own now? Yes. Like, yeah. okay. That's, like, is there an art? Like, do you, once you're starting to wrap up the hands and stuff, does your mind shift? Does your mind shift from the needing to go pick up groceries and the checklist and the work assignments and once you start the wrap of the hands that well, you're, you're for changing sure. well, a person. Except for when my kids are there. But for me, that's what sports is because even when I'm running or you're driving, you're always thinking about your kids and what they're doing, what you have to do, you know, mm-hmm. young kids. But when I'm playing a sport... It's blanked out. I don't even know I have kids. It's really bad to say. <laughs> you know, you're just so focused on what you're doing. And it's the same when I get in the boxing ring. The kids are there, but they're doing their thing. And like, it's just, it's total time out from everything else, which I think is what I enjoy the most about it. Will you continue to do this? I So fights in a couple weeks. Can you see yourself missing it or wanting to get I'm back? I'm going to miss it for sure. I'm actually shocked at how much... I'm I'm going to miss it. I don't really want it to end. Like Aww. I want the fight to be over, but I'm yeah. going to miss the trainings. And the thing is, we can go train at the gym, but training for this fight is not the same as train going to the classes. So we'll never get that again unless Scott lets us help next year. Yeah, they can definitely help next year. If well, they find more females, we'll come and spar with the girls. I've had a lot of interest from females to do it next year now so, that they know it like now that yeah and i you've think done the groundbreaking i think when they see their bout and how good how good they actually are it'll really inspire a lot of young females to do it next okay year. you're talking you just said like young females well you, no no but i'm just saying yeah. that like you know like definitely so over 40 right like that's but that's what we want we want so by young females i meant like 30 oh, i 40. love that he says that yeah yeah young. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we want, that's not what he usually we, says <laughs> We want women like Daphne and Lisa because, A, they have great networks um, and they'll be dedicated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Lisa's raised, I think, $14,000 now online. Like, it's been unbelievable. How Daphne's you, done really well, too. How have you done the fundraising? Well, I'm not as great as Lisa, unfortunately. She is a, she's a partner in a law firm, so she yeah. has a lot of contacts. I work for her husband. So he sponsored me, so yeah. that's nice. <laughs> she's done fine. She's very humble. Everyone's done a really good job this year, so... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I hadn't mentioned that, that your boss is Lisa's husband. So this is like a, this is like a triangle that, could go, this, that yeah. could go really bad. Yeah, well, that was the first time we talked about him. Like, well, you need to ask Chris, is he going to fire me if I beat you up? Right. So he hasn't said he will or won't, so I really don't know what's going to happen. But does he get it when you're coming in and you've had a late night of training? Or, like, you're, there's a lot occupying your mind right now, you know, 
but yeah, he's he's so. seeing it at home with his wife Lisa coming in, and then he goes to the office and his work wife. Yeah, yeah so I don't think he through. really loves it because it is taking over. It's taking over everything. He's only got two weeks left, so yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like set. like honestly, like his wife and his work wife both yeah. going through this. Experience. So that's what he says. Yeah. It's a lose yeah. lose. He didn't even want to. No, come to it's the a win win. When he sees oh, it. Oh yeah, like how is he going to be at that fight? When he sees it, when it's done, and he sees what they did, he's going to be so blown away. I I guarantee it. He's going to be pumped. You're like going, oh my God. Yeah, I'm trust terrified. me. I know. Have you watched, like, have you studied now boxing? Like, have you watched fights? Have you watched female fighters? Like, a little you... bit, but not, I mean, I only have so much time, right? Yeah. So I watch the guys spar each other. How different is it? Like, is it very much different pace or? Um, they actually go a little harder. They can, they throw a lot more punches mm-hmm. than we do because um, I, th- I think. The girls throw more punches? Yeah. Yeah. How's that? Well, like, they're lighter. Um, they're in better shape than... Not that the guy, our guys aren't in good shape. Right. They're in really, really good shape right now, but they came in in pretty good shape. Um, so they'll throw a lot more punches than our guys will. Our guys are a little bit more slower paced. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, big time. So you're just throwing the punches, hopefully blocking them. They, they're, their defense is good. Their defense is good. Yeah, yeah. We've been working on it. A lot of... Like a lot... I, I remember when we were doing it, like a lot of... Um, a lot of lunges, like a lot of squats, because you're going up and down, right? Uh, we haven't done too many squats. We we do so like squat, like it's yeah, it's tiring it's on duck. your legs. Like if your legs yeah. go quick, um, like she said, the the best way to get in shape for boxing is to box. You can come in as a marathon runner and you still get tired in that minute and a half. You know, you've you've done it before. So a lot of the training that we do, the reason we do it so long, it's it's a lot of mental. So to make sure that they're mentally in the right spot to know, like I can do this minute and a half strong three times that's the key that's the key to success because their bodies can do a minute and a half no problem anyone's can really it's just it take come on it takes a long time to build up the endurance to do that right but it takes a long time to build up the confidence to do it as well and that's the biggest key listen do you feel confidence has been something that you've achieved in this i mean here you are you didn't even want to come and have to talk on a podcast or you're getting in front of a thousand exactly. people but is it something that is almost liberating that this I'm not saying later in life because I still find that we're young but we we tend to kind of box ourselves in and kind of just be content and most people don't have the guts to do something like this oh for sure I I, and I still don't think I'm great at it but when we first started getting in the ring was terrifying getting in the ring with Scott and his brother who are boxers and then having all the dudes around the ring watching it's it was terrifying so it was getting over that, and now it's, I mean, there's still times where I'm like, mm, you're a little bit nervous, but it's definitely a lot easier. And it, it is, it's confident, just kind of knowing what you're doing. So definitely building confidence and getting over, yeah, being, I was like terribly camera shy and just scared to death to do anything like this. And now it's a lot, definitely a lot easier. And I never thought I would, I wouldn't want to do it all my life. If I wasn't good at something, I just wouldn't do it. I tried skiing once. I fell, hated it. It was like, never skiing again. And I didn't. I don't ski because I wasn't good at it one time. That's kind of my mindset. So for me to spend eight months trying to get better at something that I didn't think I was any good at. Do you think there's a lot of other women like you that could use a wake-up call like this to say it's okay to not be good at something right off the bat, but you stick at it and you do something different and yeah, it for changes sure. you? For sure. It's rewarding. It's definitely rewarding. And it's, yeah, to go through the whole eight months and Scott doesn't get enough credit really for bringing us to where we are. Mm-hmm. He saw us at the beginning to where we are now. And you don't even realize it's happening. Like the first day, I remember the first day and being horrible 
and now all of a sudden we're boxers. And I don't even, I don't remember the middle, really. I just, you know, it's been a gradual thing, but it feels like it just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. And you don't even realize the little steps you're taking to improve. And that's him, his patience. Like with 12 people he's training to take all those people of all different athletic backgrounds and abilities mm -hmm. and all our little quirks and... <laughs> A lot of quirks. There's a lot of quirks. There's a lot of personalities. Yeah. How much is that? Is figuring those out? Yeah, it's it's everything. But that's what coaches have to have mm -hmm. to be good at, right? If you're not good at, you have to connect with everybody a little bit differently. And I th I think that's something I really do focus on. Uh, to touch back on her point where you asked if she was different, I think for most of our competitors, it's after, where they sit back and it might be the week after or the. So we train Mondays and Wednesdays. The Monday after we're it's all said and done, I think they'll look back and be like, I can't believe I did that, and be so proud of themselves. That's usually how it goes. As a coach, what are you most hoping for each of these athletes stepping into the ring? Um, I hope that they look back and they say, I'm so happy I did that. If someone said, like, oh, I wish I didn't do that, like, if, if someone gets beat up, which I don't think is ever going to happen, but if someone did and they regretted doing it, I'd be pretty, pretty beat up about that. I just want them to say, I'm so proud of myself for doing it. Because it's, it's amazing. It takes so much nerve. I, I said at the, at the Cancer Foundation, and I didn't mean to you know, belittle any of their other events, but they're not doing a 5K or a 10K. or a, They're getting in front of 1,000 people and they're boxing each other. That's something no one else is willing to do. Very, very small percentage. So be proud and tell people mm -hmm. and say, I did fight for the cure. It, it, for me, because I know I did it, and I'm so proud of what I did, I've been boxing for 10 years at that point. For them, I just, like, I'm blown away that it even happens, and I'm so proud of everybody that does it. And you, you can see, like she's, she says, she doesn't remember even the middle part. Right? right. She remembers the start, and she remembers where she is, but she doesn't remember the middle part. I remember you, the whole you middle You remember part. the whole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember every part uh, very, very vividly, yeah. Uh, and the personal, you talk about a good coach figures out everyone's nuances yeah and and do you find that's going to be that's the difference um when people are looking to try something new or even to be to go to the gym and find a trainer or to try a new sport like what do you recommend that the relationship between athlete and coach is so that they're both getting the most out of the situation well it has to be a give and take coaches have to be patient with their with their pupils and just some people are going to have bad days and that's all right some people need, you know, that smack and say, let's go. And some people need, don't worry about it. it it's just a bad it day. It was just a bad day. We'll come back tomorrow. Yeah. Everyone's so different, right? So especially with a sport like boxing where it's so mental and so emotional, it's, you got to really find your path with everybody and say, okay, this is how I motivate this person this way. A little bit of a psychologist some days? Maybe, yeah. I try my best. <laughs> I try my best. This has been a new one for me. Has, it been know what to do has this girls? been good therapy for you? Like, Definitely. has boxing been good therapy? For sure, yeah. It's a stress relief for sure. It's Yeah. Okay, let's go to game night. What are you most looking forward to that night? I don't know. I don't want to say I'm looking forward to the end because I'm, exci I'm excited to fight Lisa. I'm excited to fight a girl for real. We've only had a couple of women that have been able to spar, and it's it's been okay, but generally it's men. So I'm looking forward to fighting someone that it's the same she's a bit taller than me but we're I think we're at the same level I think it's mm -hmm. going to be an even fight to fight someone at my level that I'm not I, I know if she hits me she's probably not going to knock me out if Scott hits me he's going to knock me out so that fear factor won't be there when I'm mm -hmm. fighting her but I'm sure it's going to be fast and hopefully fun yeah 
do you guys have like a day at the spa booked for Monday, Sunday, next day? Like, please tell me that you have like this girls we don't. spa day oh, or something. Yeah. Like you and Lisa have got to have something planned the next day to kind of you guys we do. Like, well, we're saying... I'm I'm thinking we need to get them into a spa or something <laughs> okay. the next day. Maybe we'll sponsor yeah. that as a thank you. <laughs> spa day, yeah. yeah. Like we need you know, build our friendship. Like you, there's there's going to be a lot of emotion left on that in the ring that night. You know, I think like it's going to be really emotional. Months, it's I be think super I do, and, and I think you know, like as best friends, we lean on our on our friends for you know when we're going through these ups and the downs. You're both going to be going through it mm-hmm. at the same time, and one of you will be victorious, and one of you not. Right, like. I'm that's, now I'm getting into this like yeah. yeah because yeah. I don't want to I'm a terrible loser I don't want to lose at all I'm super competitive and I'll do whatever I can to win but I also don't want Lisa to lose you know like I'll, I'll feel bad they for her they definitely need a spa day yeah, after yeah. this <laughs> that's the hardest part for me I'm training all 12 right mm-hmm. no matter what I'm going 50-50 which sucks right yeah, yeah like half my my people are going to win and half my people are going to lose and it, it's really hard to balance to balance with them, I think being such close friends, it'll be it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but it's gonna, definitely gonna be an emotional night. We filmed these videos, these pre-fight videos. Did you see Stefan's last year? No, I so it, it gives them an opportunity to tell why they're doing it. Yeah. And this year, ten out of twelve got emotional during their interviews. So it's gonna be a really powerful night. It really will be. Yeah. I, I think at this point, there's hopefully people, because we're doing this before the event, because I wanted people to have an opportunity to get in. Are there still tickets? Like, can people still no. somewhat get in? We've no, been like, sold out for like four months. You guys have been sold out for that long? Yeah. Since, wow. Since June. So this is one of those, if you hear this, this is about getting in for, for next year. Yeah. Where can people reach out if they are looking for more information, if they want to experience what this boxing is like, or as a business want to get involved in a sponsorship level? Um, so fightforthecure.ca has all of our information, all of our sponsors. Um, they can get in touch with me through there to request a sponsorship kit. Um, this year we're completely sold out of sponsors, sponsorship packages, no tables left. Our biggest one yet, 98 tables. Last wow. Yeah, last year was 89 tables. So we've grown that way too. Um, and then if they want to compete, we're always looking for people to compete next year. Next year we're going to do ten white collar or uh, five white collar bouts. So we're looking for ten people. Um, feel free to reach out. And and women. I never say Get no, the, especially yeah. women. Yeah. Especially to the women. Mm-hmm. Daphne, it was a pleasure to meet you. I cannot wait. I think I might actually, I, I'm going to need to get you in there. To I pass. have to see this. I, I really do. Yeah, yeah, we have passes. I really do. Um, and wishing you all the best. I'm really sorry Lisa wasn't able to join us to really kind of see the dynamics, but I think you, you spoke well for your friend. Uh, and I think for other people to understand that you've got lives and families and jobs and kids, and it's about kind of being that person for yourself so you can be, like, you're a better mom because of this. I would say. Yeah. I keep telling people, like, give me that outlet and I'm better off for it, you know? I think about that with their parents, or with their kids. Mm -hmm. Imagine, so I can remember when my mom was their age, and imagine my mom doing something like this. It'd be the coolest thing in the world for somebody, their kids' age. So I think, yeah, in later years, their kids are going to look back and be like, my mom's badass. They she really had, are. Yeah, she yeah. had a boxing match. And, and it's building that up for the next generation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Uh, this has been like an interesting, different story for, uh, for the podcast. And as always, we're always kind of getting feedback and listening to people and what it is that you want to hear. So please like or subscribe or let us know what you're looking for in this podcast, Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. That is a wrap on episode 34. Thanks for listening.
What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.